Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. So did I go overboard there, basically suggesting that the Jags have no shot against Kansas City? Neil O'Brien came back and like, hey, you know, played pretty competitively against the Chiefs. Made a lot of mistakes. I mean, they got outgained in that game. They lost 27-17, got outgained 46 to like 317. I'm a little disappointed in you. That, that's your team. You, 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 you. What, what, what's my team? The Jaguars. I need to switch to the Jaguars because I just follow Trevor Lawrence. No, because that was one of your preseason bets with me. That oh, it you, actually you, was. That's you right. were high on the Jaguars. Um, well, I was higher on the Jaguars than the Texans. I thought the right. Texans were going to tank this year, and they were trying to get a quarterback. And you knew with Lawrence and with Doug Peterson and his coach, the Jags would get better. I didn't think they'd get this much better. Keep in mind, they lost six straight games early in the season by one score. So they very easily could have been. Those are coin flip spots. You win some of those coin flips, they very easily could have been a 10 or 11 win team. They're a solid team. The Chiefs are an awesome team. All right, let's get into some big football news around the Mountain West Conference. And it's big news for us, right, Willie, here in Vegas. It's an important figure for us. Absolutely for us because of recruiting. And we welcome to the show former UNLV football player, Arena Football League god, and now former San Diego State coach, and my dear friend, Hunky Cooper. Hunk, how are you, sir? What's going on, man? How you doing, Willie, Steve? How you guys doing? I appreciate you having me on. We welcome you to the show. And then, of course, uh, a day after uh, we hear the news of you, we find out that former UNLV football coach and now former San Diego State coach Jeff Horton has retired. Um, I think that that's huge news for UNLV football. Why? Because ever since you two have joined forces down there, you two have owned Southern Nevada recruiting. There's no secret to that. I think everybody knows it. And, I mean, a lot of that has to do with kids want to leave their, their town. They want to go, but they're going to the rival school, and you guys have owned this town. So uh, does UNLV football now have a shot? What's, what's going on? Well, I, I think that's what UNLV has to do, man. They have to really get the, the best guys in the city and in the state. You have to keep them there. You know, you have the Nevada up north, and you have UNLV down south. And um, the crazy tag team that we did was, you know, Hort was up at Bishop Minogue, and he was a head coach at Nevada, and then he was – you know, down at UNLV. So uh, me being a high school coach there and raising my kids in the Southern Nevada area, so we kind of tag-teamed it, and we would hit the big, big schools together, the Gormans and the Liberties and, and all them. We would hit those together, and then we would break up and, and, and use our skill set to where I would go to the west side and, and, and where my ties were, and he would go to the suburb schools. And, and we really were able to get some really good kids out of there, and, and I have you know that those kids all graduated from here, and they were contributors and they were solid people, and they're good young men now. Yeah, I saw at least one of your guys, um, Ethan, step up for you. You know, with a bit of a cryptic tweet, but you know, basically saying, "Hey, maybe San Diego State made a mistake here." I don't know exactly what went down with you, uh, Hunky Cooper, but uh, that's got to be good to see that you know your former players are backing you. You know, that's what you do. You you develop men in this game, and um, we as coaches know the. We, we know how this happened. It could be you could have all the success in the world one year and you could be gone in that same year. And um, what you do is Ethan was a young man that, that came with a with some off-the-field issues, man. And, and when you buy into these kids and you trust them and you believe in them and you make yourself vulnerable to them, they trust you. And, and the more a kid trusts you, the more he'll allow you to, to, to persuade him and, and to redirect him into the, the direction he needs to go as a young man. 
And sometimes they just think talent is enough. Talent without direction is the biggest, is the biggest, biggest misconception in, in life. You can the most talented people don't always be successful. It's the ones that are willing to listen. The NBA and NFL. I mean, our, our best players in the world are not in college football, college basketball, and the NBA. They're in the local parks because they would not listen. You know, and and and, and that's what it is. But I'm 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 honored that Ethan and you know you know came to battle for me. But um, whole deal is there's no reason to go to battle for me. I'm I'm completely, you know, I'm, I'm the work that I've done. Uh, you know, it's always been about people for me. And um, we had a great eight-year run. And finding eight years as a player or a coach, well, you can play eight years now in college, but finding that as a player or a coach, man, is, is unheard of. We had a good run here through two head coaches, and I'm grateful for the opportunity, but I'm more grateful that. And this last year I graduated six guys in May and three in December, man. And so that, that's what it's about for me. And um, the wins and losses will take care of itself as long as you develop it, man. Once again, speaking with former UNLV football star and, of course, state champion high school coach from Canyon Springs, Hunky Cooper. Um, Hunk, you know, it's interesting that you, you, you speak like that. You, 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 tell, you tell us that because you and I texted the other night. You are the third person, and, and two of them are, I, I consider, very close friends, that the mindset is this, and I'm going to quote you, God's assignment to me is to serve young men and reach hard to reach young men through a game. The assignment doesn't change, the destination has. It's not about being a football coach, it's about building young men. Vernon Fox lives by that motto as well when he was coaching at Faith Lutheran. At what point in your career did that was that did that become a message? Somebody had to have instilled that in you. Well, I'm the eighth of ten kids. My father passed away when I was fourteen. That's why no war number fourteen. That's when I became a man. My mother was a maid for twenty five years and I became a father at eighteen. So the men that came into my life, they saved my life, and they were coaches. You know, and I, I talk about, you know, Tom Tom Cable, and you talk about Jeff Horton and Scott Lenahan and all those guys that came to Paul Pucciarelli. You know, mm-hmm. those guys came into my life when I was at that crossroad, you know, where I could go either way. And, and, and people better start to understand that we don't develop men. These are the ones that end up with our daughters, and, and these are the ones that, you know, dictate, you know, where the world goes. So for me – um, the young men at Canyon Springs, you know, to, to go through what we went through over there and turn that program around and the, not the academics, not the wins and losses, but the graduation rate and the GPA on young men that people didn't believe in. So uh, thank God for, you know, for the, the principles that I was able to work for there. But the whole deal is, is that's it. Vernon, I've I known Vernon a long time, and I've spoken to Vernon kids when he was coaching at Faith Lutheran all the time. We always talked about it wasn't just about recruiting. Because once you're in somebody's life, when I recruit a kid, I'm in your life the rest of your life. If you come to San Diego State or not, if you came to where I'm at, wherever I'm coaching at, you know. So I don't want everybody, you know, fit like they're feeling sorry for me. I just want them to understand that um, I, I know what it takes to develop young men, and um, not young football players, young men. And then once you develop the men, that football players show up. And, and, and understanding this, positions are temporary. You know, head coach, OC, ranks and titles are, are very limited. But the way you treat people will always be remembered, you know. And I've had trainers and doctors and boosters and everybody reach out to me just for reaching out to them. And so when you're somewhere for eight years in this business um, with the with the trajectory of it right now, um, that's, a, that's, that's a lifetime. And um, I, like I said, I told Coach O yesterday, I appreciate the opportunity huh? to be with two staffs and, you know, to, to be in that office for eight years. And, and then it, every man has to pick his team. Every man has to pick the guy to lead his team. And that some point um, on yesterday, he decided that 
you wanted to go in a different direction, I have to respect that. And then when um, Coach Short called me and told me that he was, he was already contemplating stepping down and, and, and going in retirement, you know, and um, this this game have a toll on you, take a toll on you, because every emotion that kid has, you have. And, and so you want to make sure that you, you're in it for the right reason. Sometimes it's for the money. For some people, you have, you have to be able to make a living, take care of your family. But I can tell you this, I, I've changed more lives than made more than, than money I made, and that's what it's about for me. So um, I, I, I look forward to getting back in it. I um, had a couple of offers already, that I, but I haven't quite entertained because I want to sit back and make sure that I'm just not making an impulsive decision and going somewhere right away. I want to go where I can impact. And, and I, I do want to stay on the West Coast because my daughter is 24, was a cheerleader at Nevada Reno, and now she's working for the Nevada legislature as a research analyst at 24. My son was GA at Central Washington, got his master's degree. Then he went on to Oregon State with a GA there the past two years, and now he just got hired at Sacramento State. So my goal now is to work for my son or to work with my son. So um, I want to stay out here, and I have a daughter there that graduated from Liberty High School. She's a, she's a nurse at um, Sunrise Hospital. So my ties are to the West Coast now. I'm an East Texas-born kid, but um, I've been on the West Coast. I raised my kids here. I met my wife here, and um, and I think that changed and impacted a lot of lives. So I'm gonna get back in the game, and um, and I and and that, and that statement that I made is I have an assignment, and that assignment has not changed. My location. I had an assignment at Bishop Gorman a long time ago with a kid named Demarco Murray. That was, he was a good football player, but he, you know, Demarco tell you we I have to get him on the right ship. You know, um, and then I went to Cana Springs, and I was doing this all along while I was running hundred million dollar nightclubs, and and then coaching high school, and then working for communities in school. But that was the whole deal: is that the sacrifice becomes yourself. And um, I know what this game done for me, and I have a responsibility to give it back to those young men, and more than a responsibility to give it to those coaches. Because if I had a hundred million dollars, I couldn't pay Jeff Horton and, and and Scott Linehan and Chuck Pagano for what they've done in my life. I, I couldn't repay. Kyle Wilson, who's a trainer over there for how he impacted my life, and Paul Pucciarelli. I couldn't do that. So I have to serve, and, 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 and God has assigned me to do it and give back to the game that gave me so much. Cofield and Company, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, Hunky Cooper, is on the horn with us, no longer with San Diego State football. Has anyone from UNLV reached out? Is that something you'd be interested in in the long term or the short term? Your, your whole being is about going back to the school that you're an alumni at. You know, you, you went there, and, and that's where you get your start, at your college, you know. And so, for me, nobody's, you know, when, when all the job openings come through, nobody's contacted me. And, you know, even if I was under contract, you know, reach out to my AD or whatever. But, you know, you, you, you want to be where your heart's at, you know. And my heart's been here for the last eight years, and I, the best job you could ever have is the one you have. Um, nobody's reached out to me from UNLV. No, they haven't. But um, I tell you what, Steve Starworth sent me an amazing text, and I've known Strip for a long time, and Donnie Logan, you know, and, and Commissioner Lawrence Weekly. And, and so, uh, Drew, there's so many people in that area that, that follow what I do and the way that I do things with kids, and they reach out to me, you know, in and, and, and my most difficult times, and that, that means the world to me. So, you know, UNLV is um, it's a great place, man. It's, um, they have all the facilities. They, I just think they have to, when it, it takes, in my, in, my, in my humble opinion, I think it takes six years to build a program now because you don't even get to play with your kids until your fourth year. With the transfer portal and the way things go, and right about the time a team starts to get traction, if you change the direction of that team, 
then then you you restart the whole process because you lose those kids and you lose that that culture that you're trying to build. And so I think you have to get the guy, the right guy. You know, I, I think you have to get somebody that has ties to the city, understands what the finances are. I think you know, Demarco Murray, you know, Coach Odom is a is a great man. He's done a lot of good things. He's been around football a long time, and um, they hired a new young offensive coordinator from University of Texas. But I, I Keenan McCardle, Demarco, Randall Cunningham. Myself, I think we're all qualified people too, and we can bring something that that they haven't had there. And, and and I think a lot of it is a local problem. Go into those local schools. Who who have local ties to those schools? Who have ties to those coaches that are coaching now? I have guys that was on my staff as coaches that are head coaches at these schools now, and, and they're going to push those kids in the school. Look at the Texas recruiting; they recruit Texas. You know, look at Houston; they stay in Houston. You know, they they go outside and get some some needs, but everybody spends ninety percent of their recruiting dollars in their state. And, um, you know, and I, I can't talk about the model that they've had with, you know, with Tony, Tony Sanchez, and I still talk. You know, um, with Coach Arroyo, we, we didn't have that relationship. But Ted Cormier, as soon as I got, you know, let go, um, it was somebody that I thought, you know, he, he had the same mentality I do as a coach and how to develop kids. And so, you know, I reached, they reached out to him, and I said, man, take the job, man. If they offer it to you, take it. Like, he, he was like, I want to talk to you first. When I landed in Las Vegas, you were the guy that took my son over to do little to the basketball community. You were the guy that – Help me find locations where I can live at, and so that's what the the coaching is. It's just fraternity of brothers. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I would I would love to coach in Nevada, you know, because again, that's where I was. Uh, that's why I was. I think I was refined there, and the men that impacted my life the most between the ages of eighteen and twenty two were those coaches that I had at UNLV, and that's the reason that I, I came here with Jeff Ford. And I was making pretty good money running Daylight Beach Club, and I, and I ran. Um, um, Encore Beach Club. I was making really, really good money in the city. You guys know how that goes. <laughs> and I and I and I still had the opportunity. I sometimes get twenty thousand dollar tips, and then I go and buy uniforms at Canyon Spring. So out of that twenty thousand, I end up with a thousand because I give the rest to my to my workers. But I'm about people, and um, and and I think the sooner people on the top start seeing things from the bottom up, and they see, understand that. You can make data say what you want to say, but it can't always be because I pay you this, I have to get this result. Uh, well, I'll give you this type of money, and this is what I have. From the bottom up, it's about people. From the top down, it's about numbers. And so from the bottom up, I know my equipment um, lady here in San Diego, St. Angie. I, I know my custodian at Nissan. And so when I know the custodian at the high schools in L.A. that I recruit. Those are the ones that see kids out of class the most. Coach Coop, that's a heck of a football player. That boy ain't never in class. When somebody shows you they are, you believe them. So building those relationships with the people on the lower levels that everybody forget from the bottom up is what makes you a successful person, a successful coach, especially in this game, because they see what goes on at these schools. And you got to have, you got to know that security guard. When I'm coming and there's no parking there, Coach Kuvay, what's going on? Boom, they move a cone out there for you. You know, so um, the, the profession is um, forever changing. I like to consider myself old school, but with the evolution of the game and and, and the way recruiting and the NIL deal, you have to you have to go with it. So uh, I think I've been able to do that because of my son and my daughter being college, you know, athletes and students. So um, I just want to continue to develop young men. Um, I know I have a wealth of knowledge to offer um, about you know techniques and all that is, is is good. Catching the ball, I can teach a guy in a wheelchair to run a route. That's easy because those guys, <laughs> you know, you, you know, I, 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 and I say that. And all honesty, because I played against a guy in racquetball in a wheelchair, and you want to know who's handicapped? I was. That guy kicked my butt huh. because he, he knew the angles of the court, and he was running that wheelchair into me. And so 
when you see a disabled person, you better respect them because they don't want you to open doors and do everything for them. You, you watch how you approach them because they're the ones that's teaching us a lesson. So in this game, um, again, I, um, I just want to be able to help kids. I want to be able to help kids and give to the game, give to those kids and young men and women what the game has given me. And that was an opportunity first and foremost. And then it gave me an education. And then it gave me a network. And now it becomes your network. You know, so uh, I want to keep pouring into that. Great conversation, Hunky. We appreciate you taking some time, especially, you know, just 48 hours after. Obviously a difficult decision, but uh, as you said, you're going to land on your feet. you still got a job to do, an assignment, and I know you and I will stay in touch because we always do. But we appreciate your time. Once again, former UNLV football great, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame member, Hunky Cooper. Hunk, we love you. We love you guys, Will. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for taking some time with me. Thanks, Hunky. There he is, Hunky Cooper. Former uh, San Diego State wide receiver coach. Boy, oh boy. Interesting move by San Diego State. I hope this ends the San Diego State run of coming into Vegas and grabbing players. Now Horton's gone and Hunky's gone. What do you think happens? And that was that was the main reason, right? It, it, it 100% was the main gateway for for local kids they were coming in and swooping in nevada as as you heard you know jeff horton had the tie with Benish, uh, bishop minogue he was a coach at uh up up north um one season till till that was a, that's a fantastic story <laughs> backstory for in 1994 with chris alt um but i i think i, I don't I don't want to say it's going to dry up because people are going to still want to go to San Diego. Right. They're going to go out of town. But the pipeline, we're talking about a lot of kids. And the, the, the kid that you were talking about, Ethan, Ethan Dadeau and Jake Dadeau are, are two great brothers from uh, Liberty, out of Liberty High School. Fantastic talents have played for Rich Morocco. Um, but a lot of talent. I mean, one of Vernon's kids, uh, Kotai, uh, Ethan Kote, well, he he went down there, uh, yep. a receiver. So I mean, Bellinger's yeah. in the NFL, yeah. not a receiver, but a tight yeah. end. Right, he's in the NFL. Right, was just so, looking good again this last weekend. Yeah, so those uh, are killers. Um, I think that I think you have to, you know, when 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 Arroyo was let go, I reached out to Hunky, and I tried to reach out to the Vikings to get Markel McCardell for us. I had Hunky on with us on our, uh, with Gooch and I throw the flag. Hunk, I was surprised. He said through three regimes, never even got a whiff. I even got a call, not even for a coordinator job or an assistant or something. And he said in a heartbeat, same thing he said here, job or not, he would at least take the call because this is where it all started for him. At least, you know, um, but I think this is a guy that you seriously have to consider to, to just to have around as a mentor to young men, and then with the knowledge that he brings. Let's not forget when the Arena Football League was still a big fascination. It was growing. This he was the guy, the guy. He was the greatest Arena Football League player in the history of that league for a long time. He was the man. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G Ramirez, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. You are listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, rolling on here at the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Good spot there with local legend Hunky Cooper, no longer with San Diego State football, so he said he's gotten a, 
A couple conversations from people. We'll see if he gets right back into it. It's still a very young guy and has a lot to offer. And uh, I think a lot of UNLV fans would love to see at some point, you know, now or in the future, that Hunky could be part of the UNLV program. I'm not sure the timing is right at this moment with most of the staff filled. So I don't want to go too hardcore on this because there's a there's a lot of cross pollination, but I noticed a story yesterday that Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, had celebrated with a little uh, za from the hut, right? And I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, Philly's a really good pizza town, and there's nothing wrong with Pizza Hut, but you know how you know how people get with chain pizza places, right? They get all protective of you know what they have locally. And, and every town has their, like, their pizza loves, right? So it's always this battle. Like, who has the best pizza? Now there's a lot of West Coast spots that have really good pizza. I mean, there's an argument that, I can't remember the name of the place, but that the best American pizzeria is actually in Phoenix. I've seen this discussed many times. But it was funny. Uh, the show that leads into us. Canty and Carlin, uh, not understanding the way radio works. I guess it's good content, but uh, let's try not to sit here and annihilate the hut. So they went into the story, and I guess they beat up on Pizza Hut, and then they they got an answer from Pizza Hut, you know, because they were like, there's much better options. Okay, we get it. We get it. Um, Can we actually have our local deals with Pizza Hut, guys? Can you actually think about your local affiliates every once in a while, please? So I'm not here to beat up on the hut. But, you know, Hey, sometimes, I don't know what time it was with Sirianni. Who knows? Who knows? Philly is a good pizza town. Obviously a really good cheesesteak town. Yeah. Good hoagie town. Mm. I like to call it a sub. You are the second person in the history of 53 years of my existence that I've heard someone refer to pizza as za. Well, you said za, um, but you know it's what's za, interesting? It's za, pizza, it's uh, za. Um, well, I went with za. But uh, I had a friend the other day who kept saying it, and I was like, eh, I guess I can do it, deal with this. When I was at the Review Journal. It's a creative way of not saying pizza out 55 times. When I was at the Review Journal, on yeah. election night or fight night, they'd always order pizza from the local establishment in which was the RJ Hangout. And there was a copy editor who was around town and does sports betting stuff now, but he would call it za. And so that was just, I just, when you said that, I was like, wow, that's the you know, second time I've ever heard anybody use that phrase. But anyway, yes. Uh, now keep in mind that the two guys who do the, the, the lead in show with us, I think they still do it, right? Because now Fitz and, uh, that's in the morning. And Harry are kind of doing that's a midday show, yeah. but, uh, Carlin and Canty are both, you know, New York guys, New Jersey guys now. So, of yeah. course, those jabronis are going to puff their chest out all the time and talk about how great pizza is. And, and we've had, and it, very, and it is very good. We've it had good, these but. conversations on this show because you hate lists and I love to put them on there as far as favorite pizzas. Adam's a Detroit guy. There's a, and, and, but I, I can't remember now what kind of pizza are you a Chicago, Detroit, New York, Americanized? What? I'm a New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yeah. So now what is the which difference? Is, which is the same as New York. Okay, yeah. yeah. So me too. And well, you, there, there, is a, there, there is a South Jersey. The tomato pie is a little bit different. So Is Pizza Land from Sopranos a good pizza? I have no idea. I've never been there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean. I've just never been there. No, I get it. I get you're, it. Not, you're not getting – there's not too many terrible I – can, I can usually look at pizza and and tell if it's good or not. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen a – I saw a couple of uh, – of uh, New Jersey people post pizza that they'd gotten recently, and I'm like, that looks like crap. Now let me like that, have, uh, that I don't I don't like the crust. I don't like the way it looks. Come on, where have don't have send you, out that picture. That's embarrassing to the restaurant. Have you been to Europe? I have not. No. So 
from my understanding, when you go to places like Italy or France, whatever, and you get the foods there yeah. that you that you so let's say I'm gonna go, you know where my authentic deli is in town, or if I'm gonna go to a good Italian restaurant, right? But apparently, from my understanding, when you go to the actual country, it's it's a t- completely different taste. It's it's a, even more beyond what we say is the authentic places yeah. here. So I'd be interested to see like like going down, walking down the streets, the old streets of wherever, Sicily or wherever, if there's vendors or there's pizza shops, you go in, if it's like going you got if you go if you're walking down the streets of New York City, you're gonna get a pizza or you're gonna get a sabrette. Right? Or a Nathan's. So I, yes. I'm wondering if the, what the taste is like. I'm sure it's amazing. Oh I'm yeah. I've, I've there's a there's a there's tons of pizza documentaries now. Um, I can't even remember who 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 came up with the. I think it's the pizza show. It's some young kid who owns a pizzeria yeah. in New York, and it's go watch that. That gives you like a tour of the world. It's awesome. I was watching something last week, and it made me think of my grandmother yeah. with the pizza frit or pizza frita, right? A fried pizza, and I totally forgotten that she made it. Pizza is what it, now, and now it's become like this freaking nation. It always was popular, but now it's become this nationwide phenomenon, and people are doing all these experiments and all these new styles. It's cool. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Bearstow's going to drive, leaves it for Funk. Funk to Ashworth, wide open, straightaway three. Yes! Put it on the board. Aggies up by two, 71-69. Aggies needed that one in a big way. Timeout, UNLV. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Oh, what a freaking nightmare. Lost defensive assignment, and uh, little Stevie Ashworth, who's been a giant pain in the ass to the whole conference, turned into a really good player for Utah State. He nails it. There you go with uh, Utah State Radio. All right, let's talk a little UNLV basketball. Everett Gray, of course, was here in the best of times. He's still around basketball, coaching basketball. He's up in Utah. He joins Willie and Cofield here on this uh, Wednesday. How are you, sir? I am good, and it's hilarious that you bring up Ashworth because he's in my he's in my conference in high school. Oh yeah, he's a little guy. He's a little crafty. He can shoot it. Not a bad little player. Went to Long Peak High School. Here in uh, here in uh, Utah, but uh, that was hilarious that you said that. But yeah, he's not a bad player. He just knows how to play. Yeah, he um, he needed some time. You know, when he first played the first couple of years, every time he came in, he was, he was. I thought he played a little bit fast and and uh, was a little too much into the you know the the drama and the head throws, trying to draw fouls. But I mean, he's a sharpshooter now, and Rebels lost him on a switch. And um, you're in Salt Lake, right? So uh, so you're you're about what uh, about ninety minutes south of Logan, right? Yeah, it depends on how much snow it's in the canyon, but um, I'm about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away from in Logan. I wanted to go to the game, um, Steve, but um, I couldn't because I had a game last night. But um, uh, actually, the, the crazy part is UNLV is recruiting one of our kids at Corner Canyon High School, and um, he's a really good player. He's a stretch four, about 6'8", can shoot it. Um, Brody Kozlowski. Um, but you know, it was, you know, I, obviously I want my, my school to win. I love my school and, um, it was tough, tough loss and they've been struggling a little bit in, in conference, but it's tough playing in conference with, uh, with a bunch of new kids and don't, that don't get it yet. 
Um, but hopefully um, Coach Kruger and the staff will figure it out. Yeah, the, the big question now is in, in conference play when everyone knows each other and you have the scout, UNLV was so good coming out of the gates by switching all mm-hmm. five on defense, and they're having a little trouble with some of the uh, the big to small mismatches. So what do right. you do What do you do you as a coach if you're having a lot of success by switching all five? Do you just go away from that when it was your bread and butter for much of the season? Um, you know, I have a club team here, Salt Lake Rebels, I mean, but um, it's not no you can't compare it right, to right. a Division One basketball, but um, you have to maybe hard hedge. Um, you know, you have to scout a little bit. You really can't go underneath the screens of anybody in Utah. Nope, <laughs> Utah State. You go under, you're going to get killed. Um, so you have to adjust to uh, you mix it up a little bit with a, a hard hedge or a trap, a pick and roll here and there, or um, or drop coverage, but. You really can't do any drop coverage now because everybody can shoot the ball. Yep. This is hard to, to drop coverage. So um, hopefully his staff will figure it out um, and go from there because everybody watched film. You know that's David Willie, and, and, and you have to adjust just like everybody else does. You got to make adjustments and, uh, and then go from there. But me personally, you fight over the top, hard hedge or trap. Do you like uh, what UNLV is doing, and I think a lot of college basketball is doing, which is one big, you know, four smalls? And by, by smalls, I mean, like, you know, Luis Rodriguez is, you know, 6'5", as your mm-hmm. four. Do you like that, or are you still a big fan of the traditional, you know, big guys at the four and the five positions? I'm a, I'm a still a big fan of it, but you can still do it with – because, you know, basketball's changing. So, you know, the thing is that, Stephen Willie, I saw this coming – right after um, college, which was my first two years I was overseas, and then I bounced back and forth from overseas to the NBA, whoever freaking gave me the most money, to be honest. So uh, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. But the thing is, <laughs> I saw this coming um, a long time ago in uh, the mid-'90s and up until I retired in '09. But you have to have uh, guys that stretch fours, and, and I hate to say this, you got to have stretch fives at this point. Uh, and you're going to have to defend a little bit. Uh, to my coaching style is um, to speed you up a little bit, deny the wings, because um, that's just the talk in me. Um, <laughs> and deny the wings and make sure, um, making it extremely hard to um, get a catch. And and if you go back door, you're going to have a weak side guy. You always, you know, Coach Tark always had a back side, uh, a weak side guy helping on the back door. Um, but it's um, it's. I mean, everybody's skilled now, um, and you have to teach all your kids and uh, to, um, to play a certain way because of how basketball's changing, and you have to adjust to the time. So I saw it coming a long time ago when I went over there. I was like a 7-2 dude that can handle like a guard. I was like, who is this dude? He's like a unicorn. And I just I always wanted to be a coach after, so I figured that, that this is how basketball is going to start changing, and obviously that dream team and – and, uh, and those, seeing those big guys, and then playing with some big skill guys when I was in uh, back and forth in the NBA and, and overseas. Speaking with former running rebel Everett Gray, uh, you're speaking about your coaching days. I, I noticed uh, on you and I are friends on Facebook. I, I noticed a picture <laughs> of your Salt Lake Rebels. You're down mm-hmm. here. It looks like you're in the Gorman Gym. Um, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> earlier tonight we had another former rebel great Hunky Cooper on. He right. he uh, he is no longer with San Diego State, and he his yeah. message when I texted him just to check on him the other day was that you know 
God has a plan for him in terms of raising young men, but using the game as the avenue to raise young men and teach them. And uh, the assignment doesn't change. The destination does. Do you have that same philosophy? You mentioned Tark and and having the Tark in you, Mm -hmm. but do you look at your role as a coach with this AAU team and the young men you coach in high school, whatever it may be, that it's bigger than teaching them basketball? It's funny you said that. Like, Hunky and I were... Hunky and I were in college together, and um, I'm a big fan of Hunky's, and um, uh, he'll he'll land on his feet here and be successful. But yeah, you don't just want to just be the guy that rolled the balls out and don't care about the kids. Um, I have relationships with my kids from my first year, and they're all like 32 years old at this point, and they're doing great, graduated, and that's the thing you get out of it. Um, the thing I got out of it, uh, the people that took care of me at UNLV, I mean, like, the sad part about it is, like, some of these guys are starting to pass away. Uh, Mark Workentine was, like, one of my guys, and he helped me in life and, and obviously on uh, on the floor and off the floor. Um, Tim Gergerich, uh, Keith Starr, Cleveland, Cleveland Edwards, all these guys are starting to pass away, but I took a little piece of everyone, and I tried to – Incorporated with my kids, and that's why we have a. I have a really good connection with all of my kids, and I have a bunch of kids overseas now. Uh, and the thing I get out of it is that they graduate from college successful. Um, the thing is that I I don't really talk about it, but I'm going to start talking about my story a little bit because I struggled in school, but Mark Workington and um, and and, um, and Tim Gergerich helped me. Um, to figure out my flaws in school, um, and then and, and they didn't have to do that, and that's what I took from from that, and I tried to incorporate it with my kids in my program, and I want to be just not a guy that just rolled the balls out, and uh, and not be a part of their life, and you know kids go through different things, and you want to be there for them because sometimes you're their other dad, and you with them on the road, and and uh, you get the satisfaction of when they graduate and become good men and raise their family and their kids and, 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 and you feel like you are part of that. So that's what I get out of it. And that's what I got out of it out of my, um, out of my time at UNLV. And I appreciate coach Tark and his whole family and Lois and Lois is a big part of my life. Um, people don't really know, but, um, she knows how, how she helped me, uh, through my, through my situations. Um, in college. Once again, speaking with Everett Gray, former Run Rebel, former national champion. A lot of people don't realize that you were on that team. And then, then mm-hmm. and then the next year, I, I I brought this story up on with different conversations. Um, and and I remember that. I think you and I think the last time I brought this up, you were on the show. Is that that long walk back from the 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 courthouse that night? <laughs> Hilarious! <And laughs> I still have a picture. Rest in peace. Hold on. Rest in peace, Miles Mills, Mills Lane. Lane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Donald Mosley had originally put an injunction on the NC two A ruling, and then Mills Lane stomped on that. Um, so we go way back, obviously. So it's a trip to see so many people from back then and their kids. Mm-hmm. And I noticed also on you, you posted your your daughter. It looks like and yeah. she's a volleyball star. So I have. Uh, I have. Two great. I mean, I had my daughters are doing great, um, thriving. Um, uh, my youngest daughter is a uh, professional volleyball in Italy. She plays 
professional volleyball player in Italy. She's been there the last five years, and she's doing her thing. And the thing is that you always want your kids, you want your kids to be better than you. And I used to tell them when they were younger, I just want you to be better than me. It's like, come on, Dad, you did this and did that. I was like, no, I want you to be better than me. And they're way better than me, especially my, my oldest daughter um, is a USA rugby player. Um, and she went wow. to the Olympics, and and she um, like ended up coming in fifth. They lost to Great Britain in the in the in the fourth round you know, to medal, but she went to the Olympics. She was in Japan, and um, it was cool. Like, the first night, she called. I can tell you a quick story. She called. She sent me some pictures, some pictures, and she took a picture with Kevin Durant, Brittany Griner, because those are. These are the guys, and Sue Bird is like my favorite player. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, but I love Sue Bird. And she, Diana Taurasi, she took all these pictures, and she sent it to me, and she told these guys, these people are like, my dad really likes you guys. And, uh, you know, being in the um, the Olympic the village, and they get to interact with a bunch of players. But and my oldest daughter is uh, uh, a top-notch. She's one of the, the top players in, in rugby. In the, in the U.S. at her position, so um, they're way better than me, uh, and that's the thing you want out of it. And my youngest daughter, she hopes that she can qualify with Team Canada. I know this sounds crazy, but elect Jordan. I was married in college. You guys don't know, but I was married in college at UNLV. So Jordan was born in in um, in Las Vegas, and Alexa was born in um, in Calgary. So that's why I have a Canadian daughter and I have a U.S. daughter. Well, Everett, we appreciate you uh, always coming on. We appreciate you catching up with you. And uh, by the way, speaking of Schubert, I'm going to send you a little something. I got to show you something. I'll DM you on Facebook. But we appreciate you sure. here on Cofield and Company. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Have a good show, man. I'll talk to you guys. There he is, Everett Gray. UNLV, great. We'll come back. We'll go into the grab bag. I'll give you a little recruiting note on uh, UNLV. And uh, Willie is very much into WWE right now. So he's got a. Got a couple of stories. Yeah, you're the one who sent it in. I want to hear it. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Here comes Gilbert trying to get around Shulga. Driving. Bounce past the Hall. Offensive foul. Yes! Hall puts his shoulder down into Akin. Akin draws the charge. It's Utah State's ball. That's a good, good call by the ref. That's exactly what happened. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Pick your hand in there, dude. Yeah, some cheap nonsense down the stretch. Uh, Probably a no call. Dan Akin, the Utah State big guy. Flopping on a little bit of contact, a shoulder from freshman Keyshawn All. That's one of the positives that came out of the game last night. Rebels are in a swoon right now. One and five in the Mountain West Conference lost at Utah State, but their uh, their big freshman six seven two sixty Keyshawn Hall actually showed that he can really do some damage down on the low blocks, and they need that. And now they're just going to have to decide with some of his defensive liabilities how many minutes he gets. So interesting in the second half what they're going to do with that. By the way, last night one of their commits was actually uh, at the game, a kid from College of Southern Idaho. They've got a Robert Whaley coming in, Willie, who is six five two sixty. So they'll have. As long as uh, Hall stays around, they'll have about 520 pounds of beef to be throwing uh, bodies around in the Mountain West Conference. Stick your hand in there, Dave. What's going on with the Big City Showdown? Big City Showdown, every year during the high school basketball season, it is 
outside of the in-season basketball tournaments that the teams travel to over the holidays. This is a big showdown for the local teams. Um, and this year it's at the Cox Pavilion, benefiting coaches versus cancer. So if you are a fan of some top-notch high school basketball talent, um, you know, somewhat like an AAU-type run event, they do a good job. It's all day. Coronado versus Gorman Girls, Sierra Vista versus Liberty Boys, Mojave versus Spring Valley Boys, Arborview versus Foothill Boys. I personally think the highlight of the night is going to be Liberty Centennial. It could be a preview of the state championship. Billy Hamburger and Karen White's continued their rivalry. Billy, of course, used to be at Spring Valley, former coach of Essence Booker, now at Liberty. Liberty Durango Boys, and then the nightcap is the big boy showdown, Coronado versus Gorman High School. So go support it benefits coaches of cancer. That is on Saturday. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We've got WWE tickets all week. I don't think there'll be any sale completed before the card is here on March 24th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. We'll have more giveaways tomorrow. Tickets go on sale on the 20th, which is Friday. Could be quite a number of suitors for WWE you wonder if they have some big corporation by them or in you know maybe the Saudis. What's going to happen on the ground with WWE? I guess The Rock commented on Vince McMahon and how much McMahon and that family, like him or not, have poured into the biz of wrestling. Yeah. It takes a unique person to run something like that. It does. It takes a lot of passion. I mean, it... it I don't want to make light of the situation that Vic, that Vince McMahon has somewhat created for himself, but the, you know, I remember when my son was into WWE, and so as a father, you get into it and we go to the shows. But one of the storylines I'll never forget that was written into it was Linda McMahon being humiliated during the shows because Vince McMahon was having the on-air relationship with Trish Status, who was a huge fitness. Um, person, person in the fitness world, and I believe she still is, but Trish, Trish Stratus, her character and Vince McMahon were supposedly having an affair. It's kind of ironic what's going on with this, but as far as the overall passion that The Rock spoke of, that this, you know, the whoever takes over, I mean, you, and it goes down the line. It wasn't just Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Shan McMahon, Linda McMahon, all up and down behind the scenes, of course, uh, Stephanie being married to Triple H, he marries into the family. So there's a lot of work that goes into the entire brand. So I get what The Rock is saying, depending on who. It's not just a business venture. Hey, we're going to a cash grab. Let's let's invest in it. It's a moneymaker. There's a lot of work go, that goes behind the scenes with the owners, whoever it is that takes it over. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Everyone have the DVR set? Are we going to sit in front of the TV tonight? Let's do it. A lot harder than that. Mm. That hurt a little bit. I tried to slap my hands there, make oh, the noise. No. I'm out. Power slap. I'm out. Power slap. Here we go. Lunatics slapping each other in the face for a minimal amount of money. Let's do it. Whatever brings fame, folks. And this will be one of the most popular deals on social media. Dudes slapping themselves silly, standing at a table right in front of each other. You're not in? I'm not. I'm not in. Um, I'm not interested. I got my show that I'm now watching, so I'll be tuned into that. I'm, I'm, I'm better off, better suited doing that. A lot of characters on the show, though. That's great. Reality TV. I'm good. I'm good. Right here in Vegas. Yeah. 
the way this story, uh, the way that this show started, Power the, the theme of it being annoyed, one of you two could have very easily got slapped. But you don't. You're not going to slap anyone. You this don't is do true. That. This is true. You don't do that. I just figured I'd try to tie everything from the beginning yes. of the show to the end. <laughs> yes, you're very, you're very docile. <laughs> Stick your hand in there, Dave. There is an interesting college basketball game tonight at 7.30. It's FS1 Mountain West Conference. San Diego State goes on the road against Colorado State. Campus is closed. I have no idea how many students, how many fans will be there. It's probably going to be a pretty quiet arena. And I don't know how good Colorado State is. They certainly look good against UNLV. I will tell you, looking back, uh, Isaiah Stevens, when San Diego State has one scorer to go after, they go after him. That guy in six games has scored a total of 66 points, and he's a freaking monster. San Diego State shut him down. 